With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. And time for Best Bets with Daddy Burke, VEASAN Sports Network. From the wild weekend to the wild card to the divisional round, the final four daddy set for the NFL. How are you? Jimmy, I'm doing good, my man. It was uh, quite the hectic wild card weekend, but we made it through. Uh, ended up uh, 3-0 with our picks. Uh, back-to-back 3-0 weeks, you know. It's been a hockey NFL season, but uh, we're hoping to keep it going this upcoming weekend, my friend. You absolutely took Jacksonville in the money line in the second half, so what island are you on? <laughs> You know, I didn't, and the reason I didn't is because selfishly, I'm kind of like a pseudo Chargers fan, more so like in the sense of rooting for Justin Herbert. I took the over in that game, so that came through at 46 in the hook. But like, I secretly wanted the Chargers to win because again, I like Herbert, and I think the Chargers and Chiefs would have been a better matchup because they fare well against each other, or they match up well in an exciting way against each other. As for Jacksonville, I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate any of that magic, Schmitty. Well, Denny, I tell you, if you would have picked Jacksonville and you, that would have been part of your, your back-to-back three in a weeks, I would have just disregarded everything you said this week because the law averages. There's no way some guy can stay that hot for that long. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fellas. I get it. It is a uh, volatile market in the postseason, that is for sure. So uh, hopefully we can keep up the steady stream though this week. Did Brett Maher help you stay under the number? You know, it's so it's funny. I did, and I tweeted about this. I did this nonsense. Well, it wasn't really nonsensical, but, like, I'm not someone who really does parlays. Like, if I do, it's either just because, you know, for fun and or it's, like, two favorites and it's actually a serious play. But, like, this one was a complete just throw it out there from the national championship game because I had some bets I liked. They were a little bit too chalky. So I said, all right, well, let me start with a parlay and just – you know, pretty much bet a certain amount to make it a whole number on my account. And it was, for like a nine-leg parlay, it was a fairly sizable amount put on it in terms of the payout, too. So it came down to that first half under 22 in the hook on Monday. And it did help, but what I did is I hedged a little bit. So what I did is I middled, or I was trying to get a middle. I did first half over 20 and a half. It's a slight, slight hedge and then was still sweating out under 22 in the hook. So I'm happy. I'm like, oh, awesome, Maher's missing these extra points. It's 12 nothing. Now we just need a touchdown and a field goal. Well, that doesn't happen. They get the touchdown, and then I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, now I just needed Maher to hit all those three extra points that I would have got the middle. But uh, we still got there. We hit our standalone bet with the first half under and hit that wonky parlay. But uh, it, it didn't hurt, to say the least, I suppose. Danny, let's look to this weekend and – Jacksonville and Kansas City, let's start there. Eight and a half, too rich for your blood? Yeah, it is a little bit too rich because the Chiefs have not been covering numbers at all this season. Now, you know, I talked about Jacksonville, and he could be a letdown spot for him, and I, and I do truly believe that. And not that it's going to be replicable exactly of this, but if you recall what happened after the Minneapolis miracle the next week, the Vikings got stopped 
by the Eagles, I believe it was, because, well, the emotions were so high, and you kind of came back down to reality, and you're just happy to be there. I think that kind of applies with Jackson, though. You have an inexperienced postseason team. Yes, a great coach in Doug Peterson, but also a defense that ranked 30th against the pass heading into the postseason. Justin Herbert and company were able to expose it. Their defense looked good because Trevor Lawrence was having issues in the first half. Here's the deal. Patrick Mahomes and their offense are not going to let up, and they're going to continue to take advantage of those opportunities. They have developed sort of a run game, unlike the Chargers, and they won't abandon it if it comes down to it. Now, Kansas City's defense is not great, so there may, there may be points in this game where you get a little worrisome because this Jacksonville offense looks good. But, again, Lawrence may make a mistake. Uh, the home field advantage, the pedigree, the experience of Kansas City will come through. So you can either wait for an in-game number if you think they may keep it close. But what I think the better option is is to tease down Kansas City, which is the obvious play for a lot of people. But you have them at eight in the hook. You cross them through the key numbers of seven and three. And then you got Kansas City minus two in the hook. And then all of a sudden you need them to win by a field goal, which they should be more than capable of doing, as considering they're already an eight-and-a-half-point favorite moving up to nine. And it's just they're a better team than Jacksonville. Uh, the team that I paired them with, guys, is on that Saturday card as well. Same kind of similar option thought process. Philadelphia from minus seven in the hook down to minus one in the hook. You cross seven, you cross three. Yes, it's a familiar opponent with these division rivals. Yes, Jalen Hurts was a little bit banged up, but the bye week should benefit him. And don't freak out about what happened in week 18. That was such a strange game in the first place. Minnesota, or pardon me, uh, the Giants, not that they're a team that's happy to be here. Look, Dable is a fantastic head coach, arguably one of the best throughout the remaining teams. will probably win coach of the year. The difference here is Minnesota's defense and Philly's defense, it's night and day. Like, you knew Minnesota's defense was going to be an issue all year, and my goodness, it was horrible against this Giants team. Daniel Jones has had two of his best games in his career against Minnesota. They're going to get this guy a contract. And Philly has one of the best pass defenses against a run that is the weakness. So Saquon may be able to get something established, but you can't fully rely on that the entirety of the game. I just think Philly's too far outmatched. They'll be ready to go, and they should be able to cover that teaser leg as well. So uh, that's the second part of my teaser, teasing down Philly, teasing down Kansas City. Danny, with those two Saturday games, are you looking at rest versus rust with the two one-seeds, Philly and Kansas City? And i got to go quickly here so we can get to Sunday, but is that something you're factoring in with these bets? Not necessarily, I guess. And you could apply it a little bit for sure. You know, in the first half, if you want to look for an angle, maybe you carry some of that momentum into the first half and you're playing with house money if you're looking like a team like Jacksonville, for example. But for the Giants, it's a different situation because they did rest their starters in Week 18. It was a tough game that came right down to the end against Minnesota. But again, this is a familiar opponent and probably one they absolutely think they can beat. So, um you know, with the Eagles, I think the rest will really benefit them because of their injuries. With Kansas City, yeah, maybe that can apply to them a little bit more. Perhaps they're complacent. But, you know, knowing the Holmes and Andy Reid and company, I wouldn't expect that to be a constant case throughout the four quarters. The first game on Sunday is the Bengals heading out to Buffalo and taking on the Bills, where the Bills are at a five-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you like here? Man, this game's got me all over the place because it's better if you don't want to fall into recency bias, but how can you not with these two teams? And I've had Cincinnati power-rated as my top AFC team for over a month at this point, and you would think with them catching as high as six, that would absolutely be a go at it. And maybe it is, but 
Look, the market's moving toward Buffalo, and that does give me some trepidation. The fact that the Bills have been outgained in yards in several of these games, especially last week, does give me a little bit of a scare. They got lucky with that defensive play. Otherwise, they probably would have ended up losing. Now, this team did overcome a lot in an underdog role last year when they had their Super Bowl run, and the difference is I've alluded to many times is that they actually have a defense. So I do think they'll make Josh Allen make mistakes. I mean, if the Daltons and their mediocre defense could do it several times, why couldn't the Cincinnati Bengals? I mean, this Bills team just has this looming issue that nobody can really put a finger on because it kind of comes from all different areas. It's like, why did you let the Daltons and Skyler Thompson come back when they were down 17 nothing? Why is Josh Allen forcing these throws? Why are they always trying to get a huge play when they could just dominate you with short slants and screens and hitches and all these things? I don't know. They do a lot of things wrong when they could dominate the ways of doing things right. So I think at six, it's too much, and I would take the points with Cincy. But what I'm going to end up doing is wait for an in-game number because I want to see if the market is right. I want to see if Buffalo does get out to an early lead. And if they do, I'm sure the in-game number will get adjusted fairly sizably considering they're already almost a touchdown favorite. So then I'll look to get a better number with Cincy going, okay, well, they are already deemed as a pretty sizable favorite. Let me take advantage of a better number in a game where I already like them. So that's probably going to be my strategy with the Bengals. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, winding down a Thursday with Hail Varsity, presented by Currency Moore with Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network. Catch him weekends. And, of course, uh, find Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Danny, let's look. Dallas, San Fran, what happens? Man, you know, again, recency bias. I think people are going to fall in love with Dallas because he dismantled the, let's put it, <laughs> frankly, I mean, a crap team in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady was awful. Todd Bowles should not be a head coach. Byron Leftwich has lost some of his mojo, and they have no run game. But now you have one of the best coaches in the NFL in Kyle Shanahan. And it did look like Brock Purdy was a little shook in the first half. You know, maybe some of those playoff jitters as a rookie. Had a Debo Samuel didn't have their connection because Debo was out for a lot of the time. But they flipped the switch in the second half. I think if you can get that start from Purdy right away and just have normal Purdy, San Francisco is a completely different level or on a different level than Dallas. Like, Dak isn't going to look perfect in this game. This defense is going to put on pressure, and they're going to force him to make mistakes. Again, I I might wait in-game and look for a better number on San Fran. I don't like laying three in the hook. I don't like laying four. I wouldn't hate the idea of laying more expensive on a money line price because I do think they win. Also, if the total gets to 47, I might look to bet the under. I mean, you have two top defenses in terms of DVOA, and the Cowboys' run defense is incredible. And who knows what they're going to make Purdy not or, or do or do not do. Like, you know, it doesn't really make sense. But you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a lower score in between those two squads. But I do give the slight nod to San Francisco with a big coaching and just overall team advantage. Danny Burke with his Vizen Sports Network, Burke's Best Bets. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, thanks for the time. Hey, you bet, fellas. Enjoy the weekend.